to explore the far reaches of cinema. Three daring adventurers dive deep into the Criterion and beyond. These are the tales of their adventures. This is Cinenauts! Hey, this is Ian. I'm Boom. This is Catcher. And welcome to Cinenauts Exploring the Criterion. We are back, baby. That felt so good. We are back. There are a lot of haters in our lives <laughs> saying, questioning if we would make our return. Oh, we're, and you know what? We are here. Yeah. We are here and ready. We're like the Backstreet Boys of podcasting. Like as long <laughs> as there are podcasts, we will be coming back. Hey, everyone. Quick interjection here. Uh, as you can see, we're a little bit rusty on the podcasting front and Boom actually forgot to hit record from her uh, actual mic. So the audio for like the first 10 minutes or so is coming from her uh, headphones and then after that we stop recording and we pick up again and she has her real mic so thank you for bearing with us in the beginning and we'll probably get booms catch up at the beginning of next episode thanks for those who have been paying attention to anything that we have been doing over the last couple months uh whether our random episodes or if they've gone back and listened to akira you'll notice that the topic of this week's episode our comeback episode is not any of the movies that we discussed <laughs> in Akira or any of the movies that I think Boom and Catcher talked about in the uh, in-between episodes, but we are doing the 1998 classic, one of my all-time favorites, spine number 40 in the Criterion Collection. 40, think about that. 40, baby. Michael Bay's Armageddon. <laughs> now, when we were discussing behind the scenes in the DMs about what we were going to do, come back with. There was general confusion between the three of us. I think two of us thought we were doing Armageddon and one of us didn't. I'm not going to name names. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we thought Boom and Catcher, they were doing a theme of uh, dad movies, yeah. parenthood. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, over my paternity leave. <laughs> and we decided, let's let's return with the daddiest movie of dad movies. The most dad yeah, movie. Yeah, this is a big the most dad movie. daddy movie for sure. Huge daddy movie, big dad energy, yep. Armageddon. We are here and we are ready to take on the world again <gasps> as the Synonauts. Or, also, it's a space movie, which I actually like, yeah. you know, on theme were the Synonauts too, so. Oh, that's a good point, actually. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Is this our first space movie we've done? Mm, is it? No. Uh, yeah. A little, like, like the fountain a little but bit. The fountain's, like, kind of spacey, right? Yeah. right? Okay, but, but not like, like this. Yeah, not like not like this. Uh, <laughs> anyway, how have you guys been? What, what what has been happening in your so life? So good. Catcher. What has happened in my life? I got a PlayStation 5. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, in play, I'm in PlayStation 5. I, this is the earliest I've ever adopted a console. I'm very excited. I can't believe you got your hands on it. That's like a feat in its own. It's listen. Deals were made. <laughs> P- things have happened to people I don't even know. I, you don't, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I am happy about that. I got tickets to Dune today. Oh boy, big news! I got I got tickets. Me, boom, Emma, our friend Johnny. We're going the 21st, 10.30 p.m. I, I love that like they're not, they do these like even pre-midnight shows now. Now they don't even care. Just like Thursday? Care. Sure. Yeah. Okay. It's midnight somewhere. Yeah. Right, exactly. 
So that's I'm this is like this is it, dude. This is I'm so I'm so excited. A, a new Denny Villeneuve movie is like the happiest. This makes me so happy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I have seen Dune. I saw Dune on my time off, and I spoke about it with uh, our friend Sophie on our uh, friend H and Jason's Dune pod. Yeah. Also, like kind of catchers podcast unofficially. <laughs> I do show up a lot on that show. <laughs> He's so like, is he the most returning guest? Is that you are proto? It's me or proto? Okay, but if we hint that proto is the unofficial third host of Dune Pod, uh, Slim and Danny may have some words for us. (laughs) (laughs) Some legal stuff might come up. Catcher already has enough on his plate with uh, whatever he had to do to get that (laughs) PS5. We don't need any more. (laughs) No more drama, please. (laughs) I'm all, I'm all. Too much happening. <laughs> Too much happening. Uh, what what else, Scott? Have you watched any? What's like your standout? Anything you've watched over the last uh, couple of months? The entire uh, season that we just experienced apart. Yeah, that's right. All of <laughs> yeah. summer. Yeah. I, I did try and spend a lot of time outside, so nice. I didn't. But I guess the biggest surprise. I was kind of going through this. Uh, the biggest surprise actually happened recently. Happened like last week. Mm-hmm. I watched Casino mm. for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Slim has been like that's speaking. one of his favorite movies. Yeah, that's he, on his top four. On yeah, Park. and I, my brother was visiting uh, from Vancouver. He was in Toronto for a bit, and one of our mutual friends. We were all hanging out. He's like, "You have to watch Casino. It's so good." Uh, so we put it on. Everyone fell asleep except me, and I and I was having a time. Casino is so good. Like so good, uh, so much better. I, I I like it a lot more than Goodfellas. I think mm-hmm. in terms of like the Scorsese gangster movies, it Joe Pesci gives a performance. I was shocked he was giving. Like I didn't think he had it in him. Like it was so great. Everyone was doing so well. The whole structure of it is great. Um, it it is long. And it does feel that way in a, a few bits, but everything is so much fun to be to watch, and like it's mm. so engaging. Um, so that was like the biggest surprise because I'm not big into gangster movies. I don't like lo- love that thing. Sopranos doesn't mean much to me, um, but this was just like really shocking, and I loved it. So that was like the biggest surprise, I think. What have nice. you been up to, Ian? What's what's new with you? Yeah, tell us. <laughs> living that dad life uh it's been great i i i love being a dad it's awesome yeah uh it's it's so uh, especially now baby in the whole world oh, geez, so like sweet, sweet baby seriously uh, though <laughs> like baby sometimes you have to lie to people and tell them that their baby sometimes looks cute you have to lie and that is it's just truthfully not the case here and i'm just thankful for that no, truthfully it's insane. me and sophie have had so good. many sidebar conversations where we're just like <laughs> what why like ian fuck ian is perfect thing. <laughs> 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 like she's just and like now she like knows who we are which is Aww. awesome like she smiles when like she sees us and stuff like that so like you know the first like two months she's just kind of like a blob just like staring at you but now like she knows who we are which is amazing and super uh uh you know like re- redeeming is that the right word to yeah. use like you know, I know what it's, you mean. it's great yeah, yeah. It, it's it's awesome 
Um, I've been watching not too many movies. Uh, we've been on a lot of like TV shows where you, this isn't my favorite, but the most recent like uh, true crime doc that we watched was this one about um, Chippendales. Uh, you know, are you, you two are familiar with Chippendales? Oh, yeah. The, uh, the male dance review strip show burlesque show. Uh, apparently there was like a string of murders involved <gasps> with people and Chippendales in like the eighties when it first started. And there's like a four part documentary on discovery plus that we've been watching. That's pretty interesting. Um, like so far it's a little long winded. Um, you know, I think like when you're watching a, a documentary on that's on TV, it's like forced to be 44 minutes. So some things are stretched. We're like Netflix, like this episode only has to be 35 minutes. Yeah. Then they're only going to make it 35 minutes. Uh, so it suffers a little bit from that, but it's really interesting. I'd never heard of this, like the story of these like murders <laughs> that occurred within the Chippendales world. Uh, yeah, that's no pretty interesting. That um, sounds awesome. And, yeah. So I don't know. That, that's what's sticking out to me. Other than that, just a lot of just random things that we've put on in the background while we've tried to keep a child alive. Magic, uh, Mike, 3. Magic Mike 3 could get a lot more exactly. interesting based right, on this right. well, there's actually, exactly. I like Dev Patel is set to star in a movie about Chippendales and I wonder if it will have anything to do with Is he murders. so the main the the founder of Chippendales is from India. So oh, okay. is he playing the founder? I mean, they look. They would look nothing alike. The the founder of Chippendales like is kind of like yeah. short, like kind of round man, um, and Dev is basically <laughs> you know, the opposite the of that in every way. Treatment. <laughs> right, right. So they could do that, but now, yeah. I mean, if it's about Chippendales, if it's about the story, that's could be what it's about. Um, yeah, so if you want to be cool when that movie comes out, and you're like, oh, I know the real story already. You know, you could be that person and watch the documentary. <laughs> it's called The Curse of the Chippendales. Um, oh. Love yeah, that. it's on Discovery Plus down here. I don't know what it is for. I don't know if you guys have Discovery Plus in Canada. I'm sure we have some so. version of it. Some version of it. Yeah. <clears throat> Ian just um, only educational discovery shows trying to keep <laughs> trying to keep the baby environment positive right, and educational. Right. right. Murders involving male <laughs> <laughs> male strip reviews, yes. <laughs> the most uh, inspiring and appropriate. Um, but yeah. I mean, what else? Oh, and then I also just needed to give you two a thank you for holding on the fort while I was gone. Oh I know uh, poor poor catcher specifically has been tossed and turned a handful of dates uh, <laughs> when we thought we were coming back, and then I had to hold off one time, and then Boom had to hold off one time, and then Boom held off again, and then I held off again. So we did come back a little later yeah. than expected. Uh, however, we are back. And I know so catcher... Bad. Catcher was struggling a little bit there, but we I, made it. I would just be like, yeah, guys, guys, it's fine. It's fine. And then I would just go cry in the shower for like an <laughs> hour, and then it would be fine. I was like, "They still, we're like, we're good still. Everything's fine. We made it. Mm -hmm. yeah. We made it. Yeah, we're great, and we're back, and we're super stoked about it. Yes, and there's no better way to no. come back than with 1998's classic Armageddon. So, for the first time in what? two or three months. Let's hop into our time machines and head back all the way back, not to 1998, but to 1989 when uh, a, a young man named Michael Bay uh, started his career off like he wanted to be a film director. Uh, 
he he lived in LA. He was sort of like in the world. Um, but uh, and so a, as a young boy, he actually got his like first job interning for George Lucas. Uh, ever heard of him? Uh, when he was 15, working on uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And then he went off to college uh, to study film and English. And then he went to uh, another film school in, in Pasadena. Uh, and then he started working uh, in the advertising in- industry. And then he realized, you know, I have like a knack for making uh, music videos. <clears throat> and so he actually went on to do a whole bunch of music videos, which kind of surprisingly ties into Armageddon a little bit. Um, you know, he does videos for Donny Osmond, Greg Allman, Vanilla Ice, Chicago, Styx, uh, Meatloaf, all these bands, huge oh. bands uh, from the 80s. Tina Turner, he did Tina Turner video. Uh, and then in 1995, he gets his first gig uh, as a director for uh, the Will Smith classic Bad Boys. Uh, huge action hit. And like, you know, action movies of the 90s are like a different breed of action movies, right? Like action movies in the 80s, were sort of like you could tell that they were starting to go like really off the rails from like the 70s sort of like based on like realism action. Uh 80s were starting to drift a little farther in like the absurd direction, but the 90s is really where uh you know the the insane action movie genre like takes off at least in my eyes. Um and so after that 1996 Michael Bay teams up with Jerry Bruckheimer and they do The Rock <laughs> Starring Nicolas Cage and, uh, and and Sean Connery and that huge success, uh, another iconic movie in like the '90s action genre. And then uh, our dear friend Michael Bay thinks, you know, if I could produce my own movies, I could make it even crazier and even bigger and even better. And so he goes on. Mm. He teams up with. <laughs> Uh, and so, he, and so he teams up with Breckheimer again, but this time he is on as a producer for his first produced film that he also directs, and that is Armageddon. Uh, Armageddon, uh, disaster, sci-fi, end of the world film, uh, epic disaster, like like end romance, everything, every genre packed into one, uh, starring Bruce Willis, Billy Bob Thornton, Liv Tyler, Ben Affleck, Will Patton. Peter Stormane, Keith David, Steve Buscemi, Owen Wilson. I mean, just tons and tons and tons of stars. Discussion, it's about uh, an asteroid is about to hit Earth that will destroy all of civilization. This asteroid is the size of Texas. And uh, the only way they can blow this asteroid up with this much time is to dig into it and blow it up. Uh, unfortunately, NASA doesn't have the skills. <laughs> no one at NASA can, dr- can drill uh, into this asteroid with precision needed in 18 days. And so NASA finds the world's best oil drillers led by uh, Bruce Willis's Harry Stamper, and they go up into space and save the world. <laughs> it sounds crazy because it is. Uh, the movie, though, uh, pretty panned by critics uh, everywhere and even today. I think it has a pretty awful like average letterbox and, and IMDb rating. Um but uh, it was the highest grossing movie worldwide of 1998. Uh, it was nominated for four Oscars. Really? <laughs> yeah. It was nominated for Best Original Song, Best Sound, Best Sound Effects, uh, Best Visual Effects as well. It did not win any for some unknown reason. Um, and has gone on, you know, obviously was included in the Criterion uh, due to its like impact on the film industry. And again, I think 
a reason for it is because like seriously in, in earnest it, it does capture like the genre and, and a, a time of movies like mm-hmm. in the most insane way um that that any other movie like of the time so like it is a piece mm-hmm. of like film history um for the era and then just like for me i know i i've talked about i think on the first episode i said i started this podcast with catcher just as a way to eventually talk about armageddon uh <laughs> this is legitimately like time. no sarcasm one of my favorite movies like uh, when i was a kid i would watch this all the time i had it on vhs this was on like my heavy rotation of movies i would always watch uh because it's amazing and it captures every emotion a like how old was i what like 10 11 year old boy would want uh in a movie at the time um yeah and then even new ones you were just experiencing for the first time even new ones i was experiencing for the first time (laughs) Let me see. I mean, the movie was was a basically a complete disaster, no pun intended, filming. Massively over budget. Uh, no one was, like, happy making it at all. I think Bruce Willis said after filming this movie he would never, ever work with Michael Bay again. Steve Buscemi <laughs> was basically tricked into playing the role he was played. Like, he he had told Bay he only wanted to do a role that, like, he would be serious and not, like, a skis ball. And so Michael Bay was like, yeah, you're going to be a geologist. <laughs> And so they kept the genius geologist part, but then they just made him into like a maybe pedophile. Yeah. I'm not uh, even sure it's maybe. I'm yeah, it might sure not be maybe. maybe. It might be like actually many things along the way, completely scientifically inaccurate, which is hilarious considering NASA <laughs> let Bay use tons and tons of uh, actual NASA things. Like the space launches, those were real. Um, they use actual NASA training sites. They use old Air Force bases. I, I think I read they used a total of $18 billion worth of equipment of actual NASA equipment for the film. They didn't pay for it. Uh, you know, things like that and, and all this sorts of stuff. Um, but all these things I think equate to just being one of the most perfect, insane movies in, in the history uh, <laughs> of film. And so I am very glad that we are going to talk about it for our comeback today. Just what everyone was expecting, you know, they come to cinemas. Yeah. They hear we're the pinkies up crowd, deep art house <laughs> filmmaking. Uh, so we're going to the deepest art, art houseiest of them all in Armageddon. 100%. Um, so people know, you two know my admiration of this film. Boom catcher. <laughs> High level before we dig into the weeds here. What are your overall thoughts of Armageddon? Is this the first time you'd seen it? Is this the first time in a long time you had seen it? all that sorts of stuff. Boom, we'll start with you. Yeah, first time in a long time, but I've definitely seen it. It was pretty, like I wouldn't say, I would say for me, Titanic was my Armageddon, like on an yes. Ian scale. Um, but if Armageddon was on television, like on TV, we were watching it, all right? And I was right there. I was crying, doing uh-huh. the damn thing. Uh-huh. Loved this movie growing up. Uh-huh. The last time I watched <laughs> The last time I watched it was actually probably like six or seven years ago. And it was the night before I broke up with my ex, <laughs> which okay. which is just like such a random fact. But like Armageddon did come into play. Uh, okay, we watched okay. it together and I was pissed. That's <laughs> the story for another time. So, yeah. So probably the first time I've watched it in like seven, like quite a few years. Um revisiting it as like a grown ass woman i was like okay went into this knowing that it would be so easy for me to hate it i was like i know 
what this is. I know, I know <laughs> grown up boom isn't going to watch this the same way. Like little boom watch this with like starry eyes. But I was like, but we're going to just have fun. And then like the first frame of the movie is like, or one of the first frames of the movie is like Bruce Willis, like throwing golf or putting golf balls at like Greenpeace Green for piece. oil drilling. And I was like, Oh fuck. Like, <laughs> I was like, here we go. <laughs> but I still maintain that I love this movie for sure. Um, and what I love about this movie is that it offers up such a mixed bag of some of like the best stuff I've seen in film and some of the absolute worst stuff I've seen in film. <laughs> and like the fact that a movie can do that and like still and then just like find this like weird balance of being like the best, but also the worst, but like not in an ironic way, like not. It's yes. just so purely what it is and it's wild, but it's like some of the worst writing. But then mm -hmm. there's some scenes where you're just like really somebody saying something and you're really taken by it. You're like, this is great. Some of the worst cinematography and sets <laughs> I've I've ever seen in film. And then there's like the scene where uh, Bruce and Liv are kind of saying goodbye. He's making his promise to her. And that scene is breathtaking. Mm -hmm. And you're like, what is going on here? Some of the worst scoring, some of the best scoring, like literally just the scale is is just off the charts. And I think it is absolutely like profound and amazing how <laughs> <laughs> this film accomplishes to like be the best and also the worst mm -hmm. so yeah that's that's my high level <laughs> catcher what about you okay so when i was younger i watched it for the first time and it was like on tv and like at the end i was like with people and i like i started crying at the end mm -hmm. and i was just like and then, of course, like with all the backlash of this movie, it's like that's a secret I've held close to my chest for my entire life because I didn't want anyone to know that like I had an emotional reaction to this movie. Um, so I'm revealing myself now. I'm coming clean. I did cry at the age of 10 or whenever it was that this, this movie came out. Um, but going this into this. This all about men crying. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. Uh, and so I went into this saying to myself, I'm just going to give it a shot. Like, I'm going to take it as it is, as a movie. We've recorded all these episodes. I've been taking film reviewing more seriously in the last few years. Like, I'm just going to go in as an honest film watcher to watch this movie. And this movie kicks ass. Yes. It just kicks ass so much. <laughs> it's like, I, it, it doesn't... I was listening to a podcast today about Armageddon, another show, and they were talking about it. And one of the guys admits to crying at the end of this movie. And everyone on the podcast starts giving him a hard time. And even he is like hard pressed to express, like to be honest about himself about it. And mm -hmm. the fact that this movie can make people cry watching it <laughs> made me near to, like close. I got, <laughs> I got close this time. I didn't, but I got close. And the fact that it can elicit that sort of emotion out of me just proves the film is working like it's mm. making you feel exactly how it wants you to feel and yeah that being said like is some of this stuff bad shit crazy yes yes it is <laughs> but like <laughs> these are movies like 
this isn't real life. Like we have come mm-hmm. to expect such groundedness in films uh-huh. over the last like ten years. Thanks, Dark Knight. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like you can pretty much blame right. Dark Knight for anyone ever saying grounded in a film review. Right. Like, right. And that movie's awesome. And most of the movies that have come after that have been bad because of it. And it's like, yeah. we need fantasy. Like we need n- different. We don't need to be reminded how shit the world is. We know <laughs> mm-hmm. we have Twitter. Like we're cool. Like uh-huh. <laughs> let, let's go to the movies and watch something exciting and fun and like turn it up to 11. And like, that's what this movie is in a way that, he fails to replicate with mm. any of the Transformers movies with pretty much like any of the movies moving forward yeah. from this point. Um, and even honestly more so than the rock, like the rock is a different kind of beast. Yeah. Um, and it is something that like, doesn't necessarily like work all the time. This movie works all the time. Like, yeah, it, you may not like this kind of movie and that's fine, but you'd be lying to yourself. This movie is like crazy. So much fun. Yeah. That's that's yeah. I I I love I love to hear all that. It's funny that you talk about like the scientific accuracy, like and people like wanted realism. (laughs) Uh, uh, NASA, or it it is said, it is legend that NASA actually watches like they show this movie during management training, um, and they give the new managers the task of finding how many errors are in the film. Uh, (laughs) Apparently, the 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 high count has been one hundred sixty eight. Incorrect like <laughs> errors in the film, like relative to NASA. But I'm like, who gook? Who cares? Like what? Like like if you're watching this movie, I mean, and yeah. you're and you're trying to expect any sort of reality in it, you're going <laughs> at it in the complete wrong way. Like you're setting yourself yep. up for failure. Yep. You know, you know, it's like if you want something super scientifically after super scientifically accurate, watch watch something else. Yeah. You know, watch a documentary. (laughs) This is not this is not a documentary. So if you want that, you can watch a documentary like. (laughs) okay, real, real shit, though, like even the way I and I personally love this like element of the film is just like the inaccuracy and and how it almost makes you feel smart because you're like, that's clearly bullshit. (laughs) But I feel like. I feel like whoever was like behind the like scientific stuff in this film like took like a single astrophysics class a long time ago maybe fell asleep in the class and was just like you know what I'm just gonna drop out like I feel like I got this you know (laughs) I know what space is about right (laughs) we're good (laughs) and like and that was kind of like the vibe like I felt like it was like a stoner describing to you what space is like very logist, like lo- logical to the human brain. Right. Kind of. Right. <laughs> but like, but they, they even like explain that in, in the scene when like all the, when they finally round up all the people and they, uh, and they're in like NASA <laughs> in like the prep room and they're kind of walking them through this plan. He's like, we're going to be flying around the moon. You're going to whip around here. And then uh, who is it? I think it's maybe Owen Wilson or, or Steve Buscemi says, oh, so you're doing like the Wiley Coyote. And, and the yeah. guy's like, <laughs> sure, like, I guess. And it's like, that's exactly what everyone's thinking. Yeah. And literally, I'm sure Michael Bay or whoever, like they had an insane amount of writers. J.J. Abrams is actually credited as a writer on this movie. They were probably like, <laughs> did, I'm sure someone said, didn't that happen in like Looney Tunes? I was like, yeah. And like, okay. Like so, what? Like and? big deal, and didn't yeah. didn't you enjoy watching Looney Tunes growing <laughs> yeah. up? Yeah. Like you had fun, right? It was fun. Yeah, and it's called inspiration, bro. Yeah, yeah. And like, 
you know, the, another thing about the movie is like, you know, Ben Affleck, he was talking to Michael Bay about it. And Ben Affleck go asks the question that obviously everyone asks, like, wouldn't it be easier to train <clears throat> NASA to train astronauts to drill instead of the other way around? And I guess M- Michael Bay just told uh, Ben Affleck, like, just don't ask that question. Like we yeah. say, we say why we're sending drillers. We explain it in the movie, and that's that's yeah. it. They don't know how to drill. You know, you need the touch that uh, Ben Affleck and, and uh, I didn't question it. I was like, yeah, they're going up there to drill. I'm like, Bruce Willis needs his boys. Like this makes sense. Uh, so so let's talk about our our, our cast of characters here. Uh, let let's start with uh, Bruce Willis as Mister Harry Stamper incredible incredible he oh yeah is so insane in this movie uh total like asshole and like i mean not total asshole but he's super just like uh you know this is my america type of guy like hair stamper like almost <laughs> definitely voted for trump or would have voted for trump had he survived uh blowing up the asteroid i don't uh, know i don't know about like, that he, I don't know. You don't know? I would. I would question that. Okay, I would question that. But we can. But can, can keep going. Keep going. I like, but he has this like charm about him, and like they don't push him to be so mean to like Grace, Liv Tyler, or to AJ mm-hmm. Ben Affleck to where like it's unbelievable that he would sacrifice and do these things for his people. But and I think it works because he is so passionate about oil oil drilling. <laughs> like right like like there's so many times in movies when i feel like you're watching and you don't believe the main character cares what they're doing you don't get an ounce of that from bruce willis the entire time right no no he i I have so many notes like i've started doing this thing where it's like i sort of group my notes together into like different so and one of my like subheadings is bruce is the man like there are, are so many scenes where you're just like, yo, Bruce is the man as an example, Bruce Willis, uh, telling them they need a night off. Yeah. Like all like time. Oh yeah. Like, what are you talking about? We've Bruce got, Willis we've got like five days. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's, that's right. You know, he's a pro union guy. Like he's like, they need time off. Like, and I, I don't care who you are my guys need it. And like, whether you like it or not, it's happening. He's the man. Like, um, the fact that he actually is afraid to be up there mm. and he makes like mm-hmm. a quick comment to what's his name? Uh, uh Billy Bob Thornton, yeah. I think. Right. Yeah. Truman. And he just like, yeah. And he's just like, like, like you know, he doesn't want to be there, but it's like, he's got to go because this is what he's me- not meant to do, but it's like, this is the task. Like Bruce is the man. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, he's just, never failed. Just, He's never failed. He's yeah. he's always going to do like what's right. And I just like his character is so like pure in that way somehow. Like of course he's defending his daughter's honor. Like yeah. even like what he's uh, being bad about is not that bad. He's like he just doesn't want her to be hanging out with some oilhead idiot. She he wants her to like have more. Like is that is that a crime? Right. That the father of a daughter would want her to like meet a nice professional man who has a nice job and not some oily man who like goes to strip clubs. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, like I get how it's sort of like a time capsule of a certain time. And I think that's, what's so great about it. It's like, there are like, uh, the like, uh, masculine sort of like old school masculine qualities. There is at, Mm. at at some point a good version of that, like not, you know what I mean? And, and I think like 
it obviously gets worse <laughs> quite quickly from here, you know, like <laughs> like that sort of macho attitude is very quickly like not good. But it's like nice that there's like this yeah. niceness oh. about that. I I, Boom, go, I go ahead. Like, That's fine. I don't know. I, I feel like this. Yeah, it's like very ta- time capsule, like manly, like even the conversations are very like man speak. Like everything is just like one upping the next guy on like <laughs> toughness. They're just like, oh, yeah, well. I'm tougher yeah. or whatever. Like it's always like any, any dialogue between like men, it's just like a pissing contest or them yeah, yeah. just looking up to Harry and being like, you're the man dog. <laughs> and I said to Sophie last night when I was like rewatching this show or rewatching Armageddon. And I was like, they're literally doing an, <laughs> sorry if this is too graphic but i'm like just even like the drilling like we have to go and yeah. we have to drill like right yeah. you know what yeah, i mean yeah. i'm like they're doing literally everything but like fucking this asteroid <laughs> into oblivion <laughs> exactly that's perfect yeah I, I, I was like and they kind of are yeah. still doing just doing that and like it but it's and it's and it's so easy to get caught up in that and be like this is like bullshit this is where toxic masculinity in film comes from and it's like sure yeah but it's also just hilarious because we're <laughs> like we're past it we're, we're yeah. pretty much past that now like there's no armageddon's being made in 2021 and if it is right. like it starts off the film starts off with like the guy crying or something right <laughs> like in, in this movie like they put them through like literally every like the most possible conditions and then they're like okay now you can cry like we've seen them like shot into space and like see all their friends die it's like okay you can cry now dude like this this is fine so (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean on that there was like a note i took like how many times are we faked out of ben affleck's death he almost dies like i think four (laughs) times throughout the movie right like at first you think his his spaceship explodes and then you think he doesn't make the evil knievel jump yeah and then he almost falls into the pit and then he almost has and then he pulls the straw like they they make you think he's gonna die several times and then like even above that like the bomb's gonna go off oh wait they have to cut the bomb and then you know i mean like the amount of fake outs that michael bay does is is just completely insane um uh how how about ben and and live speaking of ben so for me turning back to 1998 ian the animal cracker scene was the <laughs> most erotic thing i have ever i had ever seen in my life up until that point i i remember watching that scene and being like am i allowed to be watching this right now like do, like, do my parents know that i'm watching ben affleck talk about Liv Tyler's breasts as like mountains and like with animal crackers in an Australian accent honestly it was like it's erotic to watch even now yeah I like and then you like go to school the next day and it's recess and you like open your lunchbox and you see animal crackers and you're like fuck yeah it's like an acid flashback uh, to, to Armageddon uh it's incredible because like apparently the they're they're the original cut and like, or maybe like the original cut and they have scenes of this movie where the B plot was actually going to be about Billy Bob Thornton's character. And like, they do things like there's that one scene where they show Billy Bob Thornton, like he has like a leg brace. And then at the end, Bruce Willis gives him his patch. And that's because the original storyline was Billy Bob Thornton was an astronaut. He got hurt and he couldn't go on this mission. 
And so, mm. but then I think the studio was like, we need a love story. So they actually added in a bunch of like the Liv Tyler, Ben Affleck stuff in retrospect. Um, mm. And like they shot a lot of that towards the end of production. And I mean, it's a hundred percent necessary. Like it's a, like their story is so good. Uh, I mean, it also obviously leads us to, I don't want to miss a thing, which is like easily one of the best, <laughs> if not the best song ever written for a movie. Uh, but yeah, I mean, well, how, how do you, how did you feel about, about uh, those two? Ate it up. <laughs> Ate it all the way up. <laughs> like a box of animal crackers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, they're just so they're just so good, right? Like the way yeah. how like and, and the way like speaking about Liv Tyler, she has so many great lines like with Bruce where she's like, uh, yeah, you know, I since ever since I became older than you when I was 10, she calls him out for being like a child trapped in a man's body. Uh, she fights her way to make sure she stays inside like the, you know, uh, whatever operations room in NASA, like all these little things along the way, like they position yeah. her as like a very strong female character, like legitimately not like some watered down like oh this is like fine but she's like legitimately a very strong character from start to finish like arguing with her dad like no i'm a woman like i can be with whoever i want to be with sexually i can do whatever i want to do she's the one speaking mandarin to the chinese investors like all this sorts of stuff you know she runs the company yeah Yeah, she's like a a a great character and not like some toss in like oh we need a we need a feel like if it was just the female astronaut it would have been like okay we they they pretty clearly did not want a woman in this movie at all uh but she yeah. holds her her position very well and i think strong against all the other characters yeah yeah tyler was great like especially when she like i love the part where she almost like knifes the guy and like the like <laughs> in the operations room i'm just yeah. like okay like well, <laughs> let's let's get emotional and turn that emotion into rage because this is a fucked up situation and her dad and her boyfriend are up or her fiance excuse me are up there and she needs to bring them back i love it i loved it incredible (laughs) so good yeah yeah i mean yes 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 all those things like yeah so great like wonderful uh how, how about our other cast of characters any other standouts for you nice to see Michael Clark Duck Duncan, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was nice to see him. I like, you know, because he's like very of that time. And when he passed, it was like really sad. Yeah. And I loved his character. It was so ridiculous. And also, his so body ridiculous. is unbelievable. When he rips off his shirt, in, in, when yeah. you're doing the health training, and he's like, <laughs> "You call this unhealthy cholesterol?" And he rips off his shirt. Pork rinds. <laughs> That's when, a bear for sure. That's a bear. That's a bear. The, the first time you meet him, he's like, he's carrying like the world's largest wrench. <laughs> yeah. You know? And he look and his outfit doesn't look like clothes. It looks like something a stripper would wear right before <laughs> removing them. Like, it's amazing. And his name is Bear. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. so great. The whole cast of like backup characters, though, like even Steve Buscemi's like awkwardly like pedophilic <laughs> like yeah. attitude to, to like personality trait is so strange but like yeah. the cast of characters like makes this movie like it's so fun like they're they feel like just like a group of guys who hang out drilling oil all day like i don't know how <laughs> to explain like they're in the shit together and and you can feel that bond and, and it yeah they're so funny and the, and you know Obviously, it's a, it's a two and a half hour movie, so they're able to squeeze in little things here and there to, to give the characters more depth. But like, 
I mean, Will Patton uh, as Chick, who is like, you know, Bruce Willis's right hand man. He has those two scenes that are like so stupid, like in earnest. They're so dumb. Like he shows up. He says, oh, he's he's just a salesman. Also, that's April O'Neil from the original Ninja Turtles movie. Shout out. Oh, shit. Um, and then later when like, that's not that's not a salesman. That's your daddy. Like, it's so dumb. <laughs> but it, unless you put together so much so quickly, like you already yeah. know yeah. all these guys on the oil rig they probably don't have lives outside of this but you get that moment of like will Patton. he has a family and then all of a sudden you're rooting for him to come back like to come back right. to earth like because all of a sudden you care about yeah. a, a character who you don't really have that much into um to, it's like it's cleverly written and like these little extra scenes yeah. that just add to the absurdity actually like catcher said like can work the emotional ending that sort of like yeah fit all the insane things that that happened ahead of it it's actually so interesting. Like the writing I found was so interesting because it's so systematic mm-hmm. in like the way it operates. But then it kind of creates this like weird, you're just being spoon fed everything. Like there's nothing is off the table. Nothing is left up to the imagination. It's just giving you everything like right up front and it just like creates this level of escapism that like you kind of look for in entertainment sometimes. Like I know we talk about all these like highbrow pinkies up films, <laughs> but there's nothing more exciting to me than just watching like some dumb shit for two. Not that this is like dumb, but like watching stuff for two and a half hours where it's just like my my brain is off and I'm I'm just fully submersed and like enjoying it and there's just something about the way this film is written and like there's certain parts of it where I'm just like okay this is almost like insulting like I get it you don't need to like I know what's going on like come on but for the most part it's just like it it works it works really well for me I at least agreed yeah yeah. Uh, in in the so when this movie came out, uh, when this was added to the Criterion, way back when, it was actually hit with like critiques for like why is this in the movie? And so the original essay that was written like in defense of this movie is still on the Criterion, uh, Criterion's website. And the author <clears throat> who wrote it in like ninety nine or two thousand or whatever, and they added it, says like, you know, they in 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 the opening, uh, in the first act when they're rounding up all the drillers. Uh, Michael Bay cleverly introduces you to every single character, who they are and what they're doing in like a minute or two. Mm-hmm. And, sh- and the author, uh, I think it was a, she, she wrote, uh, and she said like, if that's not good screenwriting and editing, then I don't know what it is because like, like boom said, it's like, it's all laid out. Here is everyone. Like, you know, you know, he, he goes to find chick. Oh, he's out of gambling. He he's at Atlantic city. And so that's probably why he's not married to his wife anymore because he's an addictive gambler right uh someone lives with their mom you know uh 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 bear is like on a bear is on a horse that needs to be chased down on helicopters like all these things just like give you who they are so quickly and it's like makes you gives you a reason to you know be interested in them for the rest of the movie it's 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 great yeah totally all all that is true except for one person who me and Amber were watching this movie. We were at my parents' place. And I was like, hey, guys, we're watching Armageddon. Everyone's down. My mom is very excited. Good. We're watching it. This character pops up. And Emma turns to me. She's like, have you ever? I've seen this movie a bunch. Have you ever seen this character before? I was like, I've never, I've never seen this guy before. I don't know who this man is. And I've, ne- I've 
what when when was he ever in this movie and he is this weird character that like whenever they need just like an extra dude for something <laughs> he's just he's there but then then never again and then he's like the furthest photo like in the lineup of photos at the funeral at the end yeah he's like the most left they, you barely see it he gets one line when they're talking about uh like what they want in exchange right i can't even remember what he said i was like who is this guy Where, who is he I, I had to search his name his character's name is gruber gruber okay i don't know when he dies uh-huh but he does he dies at some point I don't know whose team he's on. They break up into two teams. I don't know whose team he's on. I don't know where he comes from. He just appears occasionally when they need an extra dude in the scene. And then that's it. And I'm just like, who is this guy? It was like one of that like Berenstein Bears thing where it's right, like, right, right. Did I, is this new? I never. I don't remember this. I don't remember this at all. So does anyone remember Gruber? Do you know who I'm talking uh, about? I know. When I'm looking at him, I, I do. But yeah, he is an auxiliary character. Yes. Unreal. Yeah. Never seen anything like that in a movie before. It was so cool. Like the way he would just appear and disappear. It was so great. They, they needed an extra person to die. Um, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's probably how it was. Uh, I mean, there's so much to talk about this movie. Uh, something that I caught <clears throat> definitely really caught this time, but I had noticed like the last time I watched this, like maybe a year or two ago is that whenever Michael Bay is showing like the world, like praying together or listen to the radio, for some reason, the United States is like 1950s United States. Did you did you notice that? Okay, yes. Yeah. I have a note here. Okay. I have a note here. Okay, where is it? Where is this note? Like, why? The world is about to end. Okay, everyone is like, oh my God, are they going to do it? There's kids like pushing push carts. Like they're having a race. Like, what are you talking about? Like, It's like slow-mo. No. It's just like they're pushing. They're just like having like this most American time. Yep. And you're like, why is this happening right now? This doesn't make any sense. I feel like he forgot to shoot those scenes and then just bored footage from like unreleased Coca-Cola commercials. <laughs> I was like, what is this? I kind of saw it as like he... Uh, and this may be giving him and the movie too much credit, which I admittedly probably do all the time. I pictured it that like this, he knew this was going to be an international hit. So he portrayed every country as like their stereotype to the world. <laughs> so for better or worse. So like it's when about it, efficiency. It's so, about efficiency. It's about efficiency. So when they go to like, I think they're in Thailand specifically, it's on like the river market, right? Like it's like, a, yeah. it's like, it's like, and then in India, they're literally in front of the Taj Mahal. Uh, and then when they're in America, it's like there's like a they walk past like a beat up building that has a, a picture of John F. Kennedy on, on painted on it, who hasn't been the president in like, you know, 30 something years at that time. And, and like even like the TVs are just like old dial TVs and like dial radios. Like what is going on? Which is especially weird because it starts off like firmly in Manhattan, like firmly in New York. Like this is this is present day, you know. Uh, so that's my theory is that he tried showing the most stereotypical versions of the countries he decided to feature uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, to, to get it very clear where people are. That, that was my thing. Amazing. So yes. If that's digging into it, so be it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to wrap this main section talking about the ending specifically. Were there other stuff you guys wanted to chat about? I mean, there's obviously plenty. Nit, like, <laughs> like so many nitpicky things. As an example, just just this is the best one. 
so AJ, so AJ gets caught with, uh, what's her name? Liv Tyler. What's her character's name? Grace. Grace in his, in, she's in her, his bed. And like, what's his, uh, Bruce is like chasing him around. They have like a falling out. Yeah. Right. And then right, basically right after that, <laughs> they are contacted by, by okay, by NASA. <laughs> and then, so they have to get J- AJ on the team. So they reach out to him like they reach out to everyone else. In what seems like 24 hours, he is 24 started, hours. He has started an entire drilling company. <laughs> like, he's got a sign. He's got like shit's going on. He's got like several stuff, like, rigs those, already operated. Up and so, down. It's like yeah. a like a B shot from like uh, no country. Uh, what's it called? Uh there will be blood. There will be blood. Like there's just like shit going on. It's like it's been 24 hours. Like where? How did you get? Where's? How did you get even incorporated in that much time? Yeah. It did, like how that's impossible. What you just did. But it was just like oh it's God. shit like that where it's like you need to just throw sort of like logic away because like it sells it. You're like yeah okay he's moved on but it doesn't yeah. matter because he needs to come back in. It's like standard st- like. They've taken the storytelling formula, you know, like Dan yeah. Harmon's like wheel, and yeah. they just plugged shit in. It was like, okay, he's got to be here now. They've got to feel this now. They got to do this, and it's just like he finds a way of melding that stuff together in in a way that just feels natural until you think about it for like more than ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, but he's moving so fast that it's yeah. like you don't know. And the only other thing is. He has like these swivel shots. Oh my god, he's really mm. moving it's a camera nonstop. Yeah, it's nonstop. Like, he makes the countdown to them taking off like a, its own action movie. Yeah, like the ticking. Yeah, it's like clock three, clock yeah. two. It's like this. Is, it took like ten minutes yeah. for it to count oh down from ten. And I think that's because those are real shuttles. Like those are real shuttles that they were allowed to film taking off. Well, how, what do you mean? What does that mean? What do you uh, mean by that? Like, like those during were, like actual NASA, they, actually, they, they allowed they cameras to come. Actual NASA, okay, footage. Uh, or ah. they they filmed actual NASA shuttles taking off for the movie. Uh, and so he probably was like, "Well, I better make it. Better make it like count. In, in conjunction with <laughs> missions that were already happening. Yes, I yes, yes. Not yes. that they were like, "Yeah, just go yes, ahead." In and conjunction, shoot they were. Okay. Yeah, they they're letting him do that, Amazing. which is hilarious and, oh and incredible. Yeah. Um. Boom! Any 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 random nitpicky things before uh, we go into discuss this ending? Yeah, one of my biggest nitpicky things is probably like the scenes when they're on the asteroid. Honestly, like I, <laughs> as much as I do love this movie, like I couldn't stand those scenes. Like they are, there's just so many cuts, like, and you just can't settle because the, uh, then you'll know that this whole set looks like like Ass. the back yeah. from like yeah. 1990 uh, <laughs> and it just like doesn't stop moving and you just have no clue and it's just people shouting and like the explosions are i'm sure were cool in 1998 but like look like the graphics from like golden eye on 64 like <laughs> so <laughs> in that sense like the film has an age ball for like the big action stuff happening on the asteroid but when they reel it in they reel it in for sure and you're like okay i'm here now like <laughs> i mean it, it, I, i've seen this movie so many times and i have a hard time remembering who survives at the end because yeah. people die so fast 
and like you don't even know who's flying around or like who's on what team because <laughs> it's all like it it all moves so quickly uh mm-hmm. but it's you know it it's it just all works for me and i think it works because yeah. of the ending like let's i legitimately love i love the movie but the ending is just so good like the way it wraps up the the harry grace and aj storyline is just like is, is perfection i i honestly think it's one of the best way they wrap up stories in like action movies period it's so well done you know it's coming and it still sucks every time because it's like why couldn't it have been like bear maybe drawing the short straw right obviously the emotional impact isn't there but i mean the second like he just hits you with like five minutes straight of just like emotionally very charged strong content right like yeah he gets that whole conversation with or not conversation but he sends like a 12 12 minute video message to his daughter yeah like listen grace it's like i love you it's like dude you gotta go blow some shit up what are you waiting for but but you're just like yes i need this i need all of this yeah from when he pushes Ben Affleck out and rips it out, he has that moment. It's like, I always loved you as a son. Take care of my daughter. And Ugh. I mean, Ugh. and then something that I thought that I, that caught me this time is that it's insane that Grace has to watch. Like everyone in NASA is watching her father's last words to her and this exchange. But that shot of her like staring at one monitor and then behind her is like the entire screen just full of Bruce uh, Willis saying it. I'm like, fuck, like that, that actually like works so well. And yeah. it's super yeah. strong. Like, it, and like, and like, it's stupid. Yes. Like, again, when you pull back, you're like, that is completely insane that that would ever happen. But it just works so well in the moment. It, it, and then, oh, yeah. and then, you know, when he finally pulls the button and he has like his, his, he relives his life with like these like almost like Terrence Malick-esque like sh- shots. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so stupid, but uh, it's it's just so beautiful. In, uh, I just love it. No, so you friggin' feel it in your whole body. Yeah. Like it just really, out of all the things like we've been saying, it's like you he reels it into the emotional moments and it friggin' gets you. Like that podcast that Catcher says he was listening to where those guys were like, making fun of their buddy for crying i'm like fuck y'all you all cried like yeah. you yeah. all fucking cried <laughs> don't yeah. tell, don't yeah. try to tell me differently you know it's it's and it doesn't even feel cheesy like no. it is cheesy but like it just feels so epic yeah. you're just like this is like this is what love is and like this is what it means to like sacrifice everything right. and for for like the betterment of humankind yeah. or whatever you're just like I'm I'm drinking this fucking Kool Aid. Yeah. So <laughs> Bruce Bruce is the man. Like yeah. he like, like yeah. he is the man. Like he does the thing. You yeah. know, it's like it's this is great. And, uh, and and then even you know Sharp at the end, who's been like fighting with Stamper the whole time, where he says like yeah, uh, requesting permission to shake the hand of the daughter of the bravest man I've ever met. Oh, Come like, on, what? Come on, <laughs> fuck out of here, man. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. I know it's it's perfect. Oh. It's so good. Ugh, oh man. my god, love, love this movie. Yeah. Um, let's get to our category, shall we? So uh, for those who are tuning in, maybe for the first time, we like to wrap up every main discussion by talking about our criterion moment, which is the moment in the scene or, or, or sequence in the film in which we think why it was added to the criterion. And then we uh, discuss our satellite picks, which determine our next couple episodes. Uh, satellite pick is a movie that we think uh, relates to this in some sort of way. So we discuss... You know, in future episodes, we'll discuss the movie we pick 
in relation to Armageddon as well. So uh, let's start with our Criterion moments. Who wants to go first? Basically, it's the scene after Bruce Willis catches the two of them hooking up uh-huh. and him like storming through the oil rig with a shotgun. <laughs> and you start you start understanding the dynamics of the characters like uh-huh. and, and the back and like the secondary characters. And it's like, you know, they raised her too, uh, right. and all this stuff. And it's just like this whole fan, like they just feel like a family. And and they're coming together, and it's like this is our task was to like grow this daughter, and we gotta let her grow up, and like yeah. just the way it gets the family. I love family dynamics in any movie. That's like my favorite thing, and so that was perfect. Like I just think it captures their all the whole relationship and what this movie is about is about a family going to do a job like mm. these guys, you know, and I like, love that. I love yeah. that a family going to do a job. Love that. Yeah. Uh, boom. How about you? Maybe I'm about to cheat, like catch her, but my Criterion moment is. And this is because I've been watching this movie and then just this time, like I've been watching this movie my whole life. And then just this time I was like, oh, my God, I got the joke is when um, Bruce Willis goes to see AJ on the rig and he's like, what's the job? What's the job? And they're like kind of arguing. And then he's like, (laughs) he's like, there's no job on this planet that I (laughs) would want. (laughs) I never caught that. Uh, this was the first time. This was the first time I caught that. that this was the first time yeah. I caught that too. I was I was pissing my pants. Oh my god! I've actually never noticed that pun. Holy shit! Okay, I almost wish I had, like didn't say it so you could experience it because I was just like watching it and it just like blew my like movie watching experience like <laughs> wide open with this. Just because I'm like I've seen this so many times, like I could probably recite the fucking film, and I was like. It just clicked and I was like, it feels like I'm watching this like in 1998 again or something. I don't know. So it was like a weird, like personal yeah. criterion moment. But so again, that's it. Sharp writing, sharp writing, yep. you know, sharp it, writing. It hits, you, it hits you when you need to. And like unnecessary foreshadow because you go into this movie knowing they're going to space. So that was like a weird thing to <laughs> yeah. like foreshadow that they would be doing a job not on the planet. <laughs> That is awesome. Uh, man, uh, I, I mean, I'm going to cheat. For me, it's just like that, again, that ending sequence. Like that every time, yeah. it's it's so good. And hits. That's the one. Again, it's just it's just perfect. Like I, I have a hard time thinking of another action movie that ends in such an awesome way. Like it's, it's it, just, it just means everything that's come before it has worked. Right, right, exactly. Like it just proves everything is going on. It's yeah. so, so good. Great picks, everyone. Uh, all mm-hmm. right, so let's go to our satellite picks. I was between two. Uh, so let's see what happens, and maybe I'll make a switch. But I'll go first. So when I was thinking about, you know, I could have gone, oh, I'm going to go, like, another crazy action movie. That, that seems easy. But I decided, like, if this movie is one of the least accurate movies ever made about NASA... Oh, good. I want to go to the opposite direction and go to one of the most accurate movies made about NASA. uh, And that is First Man, uh, the Damien Chazelle film starring Ryan Gosling, which is about when Neil Armstrong walks on the moon. I haven't seen it since the theaters and I really loved it in theaters. So I'm excited to revisit it. But when I was thinking about it, it's also like about a, a family dynamics. You know, it's about a dad who is a sort of has a strange relationship with his family it's about his mental and emotional state, like going into a mission. He thinks he's not going to, he might not come back from, 
uh and then obviously is you know in- incredibly accurate to how the spaceships worked and uh you know how the story went and all that sort of stuff so my pick uh will be first man and also such like a great like father-daughter yeah. story yeah father-daughter too, yeah Exactly. Yeah, love that. I'm so excited. I've never seen Ooh. that, and like it's been on my list forever. Big, so this is perfect. Big fan of it. Uh, catcher, what about you? Okay, so I'm I'm gonna put this in your hands. Okay. okay. So, do you want a movie that's about because AJ and Harry they're sort of conflicting, right? And it's yep. how how they come together. Do you want a movie that deals with conflicting sides or fun family dynamic? Hmm. I think mine's a little bit on the conflicting okay. spectrum, so maybe yeah. you want to go for family. Okay. Family dynamic? We're good yeah. with that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're good. Okay. but it's up to you. Yeah. Okay, so I'm convinced that the reason why The Rock and this movie are in the Criterion is more about Jerry Brockheimer. Mm. Well, not just Jerry. Obviously, Michael Bay plays a part, but sure. they're the com- combining together. So I figure yes. let's, do, let's do something from the Jerry... Brockheimer uh-huh. uh stable. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And what more fun and f- family getting together to solve a problem that seems impossible than gone in 60 seconds. Oh yeah, <gasps> baby. This nice. mo- also never seen that. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> this movie is so great. It's all about like this old timey crew who's like not capable like who's out who's been out of the game sort of not ready for the modern world to come in and like solve a problem for a bunch of young idiots um, <laughs> and just like save the day, a task that seems absolutely impossible, but the true professionals are called in to do what they need to do. Uh, this movie is awesome. I just recently re- um, wrote a review for this movie. It's about um, for a zine, one of our friend Corey, uh-huh. he's doing a zine and I covered this as part of uh talking about collection collecting mm. and the love of collecting uh, uh so yeah i'm stoked this is I'm, i love this movie so much nick cage in this movie is the best mm-hmm. uh i can't wait yeah also fits in i mean this was came out in 2000 i think but it fits in in the in the canon of you know 90s action will patton's yeah. in it too right who is also in uh, armageddon so we oh got, yeah uh, that's right yeah there. but nice i like getting another bruckheimer in here that that makes sense i think it fits i yeah. think it makes sense and again like the storyline is actually kind of like oh, they overlap a bit as well so. yeah nice. nice okay given a shot given the old boom spin on this and for future <laughs> picks <laughs> For future picks, I am going to probably go a little bit more tradish, but not today. And it's Halloween month, so we're going to go a little like, you know, it's not full Halloween. Anyways, so besides like toxic masculinity, Uh uh, the biggest theme to grasp onto in Armageddon is like the unlikely hero story, Mm -hmm. which is a template that gets used over and over in American cinema. Um, And I was really excited and I wanted to find a film to compare it to. That was kind of like a deconstruction of like the, the American hero. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your eyes just got all big. You're like, Ooh, what's she going to do? But I couldn't think of anything. um... (laughs) (laughs) Like the best example, the best example of that I can think of in recent history would be Lovecraft Country, but that was mm. a show, so obviously we're not going to do that. Um, 
So I've decided to explore a film that follows like the same kind of criteria for these hero stories, but highlights what is considered to be the anti-hero. It's also a big budget film. It also grapples with like saving the planet, yada, yada. Uh (laughs) Um, (laughs) There's some (laughs) some themes of um, like. I don't know. There's, I think there's a few things that we can draw from. Um, <laughs> People can't see the beads of sweat spewing off of Boom's face right now as she's, <laughs> as she's working her way to get to this pick that she is obviously slightly concerned about. <laughs> so, and this is a recent fave of mine. Something like we were talking about entertainment, something that I like recently revisited and I was like, oh, like this is dumb, but I fucking love this. So... <laughs> The film I have chosen to explore in our exploration of Armageddon is Venom. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? I know. Okay. Yes. Okay. That talk, talk is to us. very out of left field, but I am ready for it. Yeah. Yes. It is. Thank you so much. Slightly spooky. Uh, <laughs> it is about struggle. <laughs> I love it. Also, also matches up with the uh, the new movie that, that just came out. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Very topical. Um, Which I went to see in 4DX, but I didn't want to bring it up at the top of the episode because oh, I was like, cool. I'm going to confess <laughs> my choice. Why, so. why do you keep watching 4DX movies? Why do you keep okay. doing this? I, I mean, if you're going to see any, it's Venom, sis- right? That's the one to watch. I yeah. guess. And my sister went, like, my my mom told me, like, I had to be nice to my sister. So I was like, okay. So I was like, do you want to go see a movie? She's like, yeah, I want to go see a movie in 40X. So we went to see Shang-Chi in 40X. And we were like, this is hilarious, even though it's like a very distracting and like dizzying experience. And then we did it for Venom. And like, it's pretty much just been for the bit. But I think we're done now. (laughs) (laughs) The bit has gotten old and I'm over it. Yeah. Yeah. And the uh, and the bits also expensive. It just it just so. took a little Tom Hardy uh, <laughs> to, to get that aired out. Awesome. So there you have it. Next week we will uh, kick off our exploration of Armageddon with uh, First Man, then move on to Gone in sixty seconds, and then wrap up with everyone's first thought of what movie you would pair with Armageddon, Venom, uh, Halloween, baby. Incredible. I love the way it devolves. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. It does devolve that. more and more. <laughs> yeah. So we do have one email. Uh, that came in from a friend of the show, mom of the show, right? Or is it? That's right. Yep. Mom of the show. Yeah. Francesca. She says, hello, Sinanas, and welcome back. You have certainly been missed. Congrats to Ian and Tara on the birth of your beautiful baby girl, Isla. Thank you, Francesca. Uh, I was so excited when I heard it was time for Armageddon. I was privileged to be at the premiere of this film in Ottawa in 1998 And it completely drew me in right from the beginning. Excuse me? Uh, The visual and sound (laughs) effects were unbelievable and so intense throughout the movie that there are times when I don't know, when I know I wasn't breathing. I very much appreciated the group that Harry assembled. Their loyalty and commitment to each other was palpable, but they also gave us many moments of levity, which helped with the contrast of the severity of the situation at hand. There were some great one-liners. The relationship between Harry and his daughter moved me deeply. As a mom, I understood his desire to protect his daughter, no matter the cost, and to want a better life for her. Grace, on the other hand, wanted to be treated as an adult and believed she was old enough to make her own decisions. As all parents and children, 
Harry and Grace struggled to find a balance, but the love they shared for each other came through and no more evident than the final act of sacrifice. We all say we would give our lives for our children's happiness, but Harry actually does that, and it was just heartbreaking. Uh, even though I know what will happen in the end, the last scene between them is always gut-wrenching and tears flow every time. The song I Don't Want to Miss a Thing touched uh, at my heartstrings the minute I heard it, and even today it elicits a strong emotional response. It is one of my favorite songs in a movie. So Synonauts, continued success in your future podcasts, because when the three of you are together, I don't want to miss a thing. That's right. Yes. Please take care and be safe, uh, Francesca. Are you kidding? I know. <laughs> oh my god. The goodness. smile on Ian's face right now. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was I'm glad I didn't read that ahead of time. Holy smokes. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Thank you. That is one straight. What a beautiful email. Yeah. We're starting the Synonauts email hall of fame, and that is the first entrant. That's uh, right. Incredible. Incredible. That's the one. Uh, if you want to shoot us an email, you can go to synonautspod at gmail.com. And that reminds me, do we have any tea with Boom? We've been pretty quiet on social media. Um, if not, it's going well, to be no, picking up next today. week. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of comments about this one. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's been a secret. This is a secret yeah, release. Yeah, it is a secret release. So uh, yeah. if you want to get on the tea with Boom next week, hit us up at synonauts on Instagram and yeah. Twitter. Uh, it's it, feels great to be back this felt amazing yeah let me tell you it feels like we were just drilling into the podcast world and only us three have the touch and feel so really <laughs> get the job to to get, get the, the job, job done. Done. <laughs> all these other podcasts they use computers and nasa scientists but you got to bring oh in the writers to, to really do it you know that's right the people with the feel oh my God. who do the real oh work yeah <laughs> Uh, uh, anyway, Bless. and also, if you don't think that we are coming in and fading out too, I don't want to miss a thing. You two have another thing coming. Oh, please do. It's definitely. Oh, I'm so excited. Right uh, Cue it up. <laughs> in the meantime, I'll see you all next week. Thanks everyone for wait. listening. We are back. Week. We're back, baby. We're back, baby. Back, baby. Talk to you later. Adios. Bye. Bye.